Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Get the Cash Flow Game with K&K. And today, we have Travis Chapel coming in. Travis I met at Avengers, my mastermind. Uh, I ran into them and then found out, like a lot of people just run to go, what do you do? And he uh, teaches people how to start podcasts. Not how to start, really how to start and grow Yeah, yeah, podcast. yeah. Okay, we'll start and then from there. And um, I actually had a really, really cool conversation. Um, oh, by the way, before we jump in, you guys, if you like this show, please share our show. Also, you should be giving us some amazing five-star reviews. Anything else, Crystal? Yeah, share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it with anybody you think that could benefit from the value that we give. In these podcasts and help us get people like um, The Rock or like Robert Kiyosaki <laughs> on our show. We can only do that if we have millions and millions of downloads. So, but the cool thing is, hint, hint. yeah, Travis, if you guys have a podcast, you should definitely listen to this because we got some hacks. We definitely did, and you can go deeper with hacks. I know, but super cool story. Um, just another story, like all these, like a lot of people, like just kind of trying to figure out his way. I'm not going to give it away, but he had the crazy upbringing. Um, like, I mean, if you think you're sheltered, I would He has imagine. a very unique upbringing, one that you don't hear from a lot of people. So the fact that he was kind of able to break out of that mold, like a very, just his world was very, very small. Um, and very then small. go out into the big crazy world where lots of wild things are happening on a daily basis. And also just trying to make use of the way that you were brought up and the way that you were educated, even though that doesn't match with kind of like uh, the way he was educated and brought up is just very, very different than the real world. It was incredibly sheltered. So, um, and then he also has done some like really crazy things like hearing about his door to door sales. I mean, it's just insane. Like, I don't know anybody at our age really who did a lot of door to door sales. Kind of old you just don't have any. There are a lot. You just don't. And yeah, they, do, they now. do. They do it now. They do it now and it still works, <laughs> I guess. Um, but you might yeah. have a solar guy knocking on your door, and you're like, they still do. Yeah. But the cool thing about Travis is, um, which I love, is I love when we interview people that are other podcasters because you guys are listening to this. You might be like, uh, you know, it's great you do this. You might understand it, but podcasting is definitely a long game. And so if you're looking to get into a podcast for your business, you have to understand that this is something – this is a definite marathon, as Crystal probably agreed. This is not a sprint, so there's not an instant gratification. Look, you might start a podcast, and you might be one of the few, like Jesse Lee, it's like, doesn't even interview people, and she's just boom, but she has an amazing following. But for most of us, this is a long haul, and it's, it's day by day, year by year, but you're just building it up. And so Travis talks about that. We also talk about some way that some technology started, how to get in front of different guests faster to help your podcast. So he just really helps you if you want to start a podcast, this is as Crystal said, and also grow it faster. He's mastered that. Um, and he actually has had some really amazing guests on, which I was like, man, I'm jealous. So I'm like, cool, I know I can get connect with him a little bit more and he gets help, help us get some bigger guests on. And honestly, everybody thinks to get a big guest on, you just have to have this massive following and all these subscribers. And he's gonna tell you that's not the truth. So, Not necessarily yeah, the case. Yeah. It, it does help, but also there are some tricks and hacks. And I don't know, Crystal, what else did you get away from the, this conversation? Well, I think, I think for me, um, if you're even thinking of starting a podcast, this is a great one to listen to, or if you're just interested about how podcasts work. But I mean, most of us are not making our living solely on podcasting. So he really helps people to monetize their shows as well and so it just sort of depends on your goals but it was really interesting to hear his kind of outlook on how you would make podcasting your you know primary source of income perhaps um so there are a lot of things in a lot of ways and you know podcasts are not going away they're only growing but there are a lot of people um he needs some statistics of like you know how many millions of podcasts are out there in the two world. million i think there's like 450 to 750 that are active and most people, I think 95% of people that start a podcast fail and they only get to episode 10 or 11. Right. So anyways, we do talk about all that in the show and um, it is just, it's very interesting. So if you like listening to podcasts, if you want to start a podcast, 
Uh, this is a really cool episode to listen to. This guy knows a lot. So let's jump in with Travis. Awesome. Travis, for coming on the show today. I know you and Penny met through the Avengers Mastermind, and um, it sounds like it's been a cool experience for you guys. I know I'm not part of it, but um, it sounds like you guys have a lot of really cool people in the group, and we're excited to have you on. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we got to got to talking a little bit uh, over there. Found out he had a podcast, and I was like, "Man, this, these are my people." So, thanks for having me on. You got a cool setup there yourself. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You know, I finally upgraded after being the uh, podcaster that didn't have any of this stuff. Um, like my first ever studio setup was literally in my closet. I put my MacBook Pro on a flipped upside down laundry basket. And I had my $50 Amazon USB mic plugged into my MacBook. And like that was my entire studio setup before. So we're, we're moving up in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people, honestly, that have big podcasts are still doing that, which I think is just a tribute to the fact that almost anybody can start a podcast. I think a lot of people never do or they don't keep up with it because it's work, obviously. But um, you don't need a lot of equipment to start a podcast. No. So. That's Great. facts. Yeah. So Travis, tell us um, a little bit about back, your background and um, kind of what you're up to today. Sure. So background, uh, just kind of go 30,000 foot view here. Um, grew up in a small town in Southern California called Lancaster um, in the Antelope Valley. And uh, uh, there, was this, there was this massive church that's in Lancaster that uh, is probably, I don't, I don't know now, maybe six to 8,000 members or something like that. And it's in this really small segment of Christianity, like a subsect of a subsect of Christianity as a whole. And the best way that I can describe it, it, it was it was like being a, growing up in a bubble. Um, so I, I don't necessarily refer to it as a cult, but it definitely has those tendencies and characteristics. Uh, and I say that I grew up in it because literally from the time I was three, we started going to church there when I was three. And then they have a K through 12 school on the campus, the same campus as the, ch as the church. So I was enrolled in kindergarten at that school. I went all the way through to my senior year of high school, graduated. And then they also had a college on the same campus. It was a ministerial college. And so I went to the college that was on that campus. So quite literally from the time that I was three until the time that I was about 22 years old, basically the majority of my life was lived on this one 40 acre campus. Cause it was also where I went to church. Right. So like Monday through Friday, I had school, we had church Sunday morning, we had church Sunday night and we had church on Wednesday night. And then we had soul winning on Saturdays, which is basically just like door to door sales for the church for free, um, where you just go out and knock on doors, invite people to come to church on Sunday. And so, you know, almost every day of my life. And obviously I was, I went on vacation and there was summertime and different things like that. Um, but you know, majority of my life has lived on, on that campus growing up. And so, uh, it was a unique, you know, way to grow up, especially in Southern California, right? Because like, it's just kind of a weird place to have this huge, like super strict fundamentalist group of Christians, um, at that, at that, you know, size and that, at that capacity. So, um, that's where I, <clears throat> where I grew up. And by the time I graduated college, I realized I didn't want to be in ministry. And, uh, at that point I just double majored in Bible and church ministries, um, I don't know if you guys have ever tried to go get a job with a degree in Bible in church ministries. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's not many people that are searching for those resumes on LinkedIn. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, and what made it even worse is that the degree was unaccredited. So it was like an unaccredited Bible degree. And uh, I basically just didn't know what to do from there. So I did the only thing I knew how to do because I did it in college, which was door-to-door -door sales. And I did that for five, six years, basically got fed up with it and, and looked into the future and saw that, you know, when I was 33, 34, 35, I didn't want to be knocking on doors anymore. So no idea what to do. The only thing I had an experience in, I didn't want to do door-to-door. -door. And the only thing that I had a degree in, I also didn't want to do. And it didn't provide any other opportunities. So here I am, I'm like 23 years old. I'm married. I have a mortgage to pay. And I don't know what I want to do with my life. I felt like a 15 year old in a 23 year old's body, except for I had a bunch of responsibilities and bills to pay, you know? So, um, I, for the first time in my life found personal development, cause I honestly just didn't know what else to do. I didn't know where else to go. I didn't know what I was going to do or how I was going to find out what I was going to do. I was looking up F FBI applications. I was looking at how to get in the fire department. Like I was looking at sales job after sales job after sales job. Couldn't find anything. Nobody would give me a job. And, uh, started listening to podcasts to figure out what I was going to do. And, um, podcasts kind of became the thing that I was like, this seems like it'd be a really interesting way to make a living and, uh, started the podcast and you know, rest is history. Wow. That's crazy. That is a very unique story. I 
<laughs> yeah, it was a very interesting, uh, a very interesting way to, to, to grow up and uh, even more interesting way to navigate my 20s because, you know, yeah. you're basically just reinventing who you are and who you were, who you were supposed to be, you know. Yeah, um, not really. They they, they, have, they probably haven't gone there in a couple of years. Um, so yeah, as soon like when whenever we graduated, they kind of just stopped going. Is when when my sister and I stopped going. So um, I know we met Avengers. You were talking about um, we got into podcasting. So what exactly are you doing with podcasting? And then what is your podcast about? Yeah, sure. So what we do in the podcast space is we help entrepreneurs build profitable podcasts. And uh, so we have a coaching program, we have a done for you production service, we have um, courses and membership sites, a community basically that just helps people build podcasts that can actually turn a profit. So we take entrepreneurs and build shows for them, teach them how to use it as a business development tool. And then we'll take people who just want to podcast for a living and we try to teach them how to go get sponsors and get Patreon subscribers and, and, and make a living through podcasting. Um, and then my podcast is called Build Your Network and is all about how to build high-level relationships with people that push you to become a better version of yourself. Very cool. That's cool. So um, it's kind of funny. Can you give us like, because I know there's statistics on podcasts, right? I mean, that was the kind of page you probably know them. So people that, because people, sorry, I'm not to so statistics, how many people like start podcasts, follow through podcasts, you know, that kind of stuff. Do you have those statistics? I'm just curious if you knew what they were. Yeah. So there are currently a little bit over 2 million uh, podcasts in existence and less than 750,000 of those are currently active. So 60 something percent off the top of my head, 70% of people give up on their podcast. Um, I heard that it was like 90% of those do that with before they hit episode 11 was the last stat that I heard. Um, I, I don't know the source of that and I can't hundred percent guarantee that one, but um, it's a large percentage of people that give up before they even hit, uh, you know, 10 episodes. Um, so yeah, the, the, the attrition is pretty high. Why do you think that is? Uh, because there's no, ch there's, there's little to no chance of virality and discoverability on the platform itself. So people get super encouraged with YouTube channels or TikTok or something like that, because, you know, anybody can go on that platform and get lucky, create a video that, that gets shown to a bunch of people on the platform, the algorithm takes it off. And then all of a sudden you got a YouTube video that got 150,000 views and brought you in 3000 subscribers to your channel. You know what I mean? That just happened to me on TikTok last week. We don't do anything on TikTok. And my producer all of a sudden was like, we need to do more on TikTok. And I was like, whatever, bro, do your thing. And uh, <laughs> he, put, he put he put an interview clip up on TikTok and it has almost 300,000 views. It took me from like 40 followers to 600 followers in less than a week. You know, so th those types of things get people excited about the platforms and get people hopeful that one of their things is going to hit. With podcasting, it doesn't work that way. With podcasting, it's definitely not the if you build it, they will come type of a thing. It's if you build it and then market the shit out of it, then they might potentially come. You know what I mean? So it's just a much more difficult platform to gain traction on. So I think it just is really discouraging for people, especially with how much work they put into it. And so they just give up on it. Yeah, it seems like um, people have asked us a lot of times, especially in real estate, because I feel like um, at least Kenny doing residential, there's many more people who are good with social than um, but everybody asks us, Hey, are you guys really getting any results with your podcast? And look, we don't have hundreds of thousands of followers and we don't have any viral videos or anything like that. But what I can say is that the podcast has been great. Like if, if somebody wants to maybe is considering working with us and then they find out we have a podcast, they listen to a couple episodes and they Google our names and a bunch of YouTube videos pop up and then we have like, you know, reviews and things like that. They go, Oh wow, these people must really know what they're talking about. Um, so I think the podcast has really helped to kind of, uh, give that sense of authority, but it's work, right? Like you have to be consistent with it. That's our biggest thing is you have to do it. You know, it's something that we do weekly. We put out an episode every week. We, I think we missed for like a month over the holiday, like maybe sometimes we take a break. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. But 120 plus episodes in, we've been pretty 
you know, maybe you won't get famous at all. Who knows? But we, we do it because we enjoy it. And also it does, like, it's maybe not the thing that gets us a lot of business or makes us a lot of money, but it's the thing that helps to solidify, you know, somebody who wasn't a referral. Like a cold lead coming in goes, oh, wow, I feel like I know you guys. I listened to a few of your podcast episodes, watched a couple of your videos. Oh, Exactly. That's for businesses, for entrepreneurs. That's the biggest thing that I tell people is like your podcast becomes your number one business development rep. You know, like it's constantly working for you in the background and it's constantly, my thing is that it's constantly getting your foot in the door with people who may not have normally given you any of their time. You know what I mean? Like I literally had somebody tell me that this is when I, one of, one of my big aha moments when I was first starting my podcast, I was, I reached out to, um, there's two people in particular that I remember. One of them was a guy named Ivan Meisner. Um, he's the founder and chief visionary officer of uh, business networking international. So when I started my show, build your network, I was like, Hey, this guy, like CNN called him the father of modern networking. seems like a person I should probably connect with, you know? And, uh, um, I connect with them on email or something. I forget how I got in touch with them, but I, I reached out and I finally, you know, got a hold of them. And I was like, Hey man, I, I just want three minutes of your time on a quick phone call. I have a question for you. And, uh, he said, no, I don't do that. You know, uh, I've consulting clients that pay me uh, for that type of stuff. So I don't, I don't do that. Um, he's like, but if you just shoot it over in an email, I'll do my best to answer it. So I asked a quick networking question or something. And then he got back to me with it. And I mentioned something about my podcast in my reply to him. And he offered and goes, oh, you know, um, I, I see you have a podcast about networking. I'm happy to jump on and talk about it for a little bit on that if you want to. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So <laughs> you're going to say no to a three-minute phone call that nobody <laughs> even has to know existed. Like nobody even has to know that we connected and talked on a phone call, right? But you're going to say no to that. And you're going to say yes to a 45-minute podcast interview where I get to pick your brain and ask as many questions as I want to about this thing that I'm trying to learn about from experts like you. And you're going to let me share that episode to my audience that makes me look more badass and more credible because I just shared the stage with somebody of your stature um, and helps them learn at an exponential rate because I just gave them access to somebody that's difficult to get access to. Like, wow, you're going to do that? That's crazy. And then it happened again with another guy who's actually in the, the Avengers group and the 100 million group. Um, and it was one of the first people I started following in the online space. And it was Ryan Steumann. Um, uh, when, I, when I was in door-to-door sales, he had the hardcore closer sales blog. And yeah. I was like reading this stuff, right? So when I started a podcast, he was one of the people I reached out to. He said the same thing. I asked him for three minutes of his time. He said, no, I have mastermind clients that pay me, you know, 35K a year uh, to get that kind of access to me. It wouldn't be fair to them. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. I think he, I think he even just saw my podcast name in like my, my, my email signature or something like that. And uh, he goes, but I'll come on your podcast. And I was like, whoa, this is two of like the first 10 high level people that I reached out to that said no to this. Like, I thought it was a, a lighter ask. I thought it was an easier ask to be like, hey, three minutes of your time. I just have a quick question, you know, and uh, both of them turned that down and said yes to the podcast interview. And it was just like light bulb, you know, for me, it was just like, wow, people, people, you know, are eager to share their messages via content that they can use for personal branding purposes rather than just like jumping on a phone call and giving free advice. 100%. I think it's great because I mean, obviously that becomes the thing, right? Of getting on other people's podcasts and then um, it's just like that. Like they get access to your community too. You're probably going to start following, but you're right. We kind of learned that too during COVID. It was that we were kind of like, Hey, now there's this whole network of people who don't even normally do podcast interviews that we can go reach out to because now they're all on zoom they can do it from the comfort of their home and you know, they don't have to drive anywhere. We don't have to fly anywhere and you can get like some of these bigger names on your show. Um, so it's been good for us too and learning and getting people access to someone they would never have been able to get in touch with before. Yep. Yep. A hundred percent. And that's why when we, when we work with entrepreneurs, that's the biggest thing we help them with. Like we're not even, most of the time we're not even talking about audience growth, you know, we're not, we're not even talking about those things. It's just like, Hey, make a list of all of the people that you want to be doing business with your top referral partners, your top potential business partners, your top, um, you know, potential clients, make a list of all those people, segment those lists and start reaching out to all of them to get them as guests on your show. And then if you could do something like what you guys have built there, which is like a legit looking studio with 
professional audio quality, professional visuals that are all set up. When they jump on the call, you look like the badass that you are. You know what I mean? And you now have an opportunity to get your foot in the door with this person that could potentially be a huge partner for you. And so what we're doing this year is we're trying to take that a step further. And so tomorrow is our first ever Build Your Network guest dinner that we're putting on. And we invited out a bunch of our past guests uh, that have been on the show that we'd like to, you know, generate, uh, generate a further connection with. Um, the cost is on me. I'm eating the cost for the event, putting on a dinner, bringing out 25 to 30 people who've been a guest on my show in the past that are all really high quality people and putting them in a room together and letting them get to know with each other and connect with each other. And, um, and then hear a little bit more about the things that I'm up to and see if there's any room for potential synergy or introductions, or partnerships or anything that could come out of it. And so we've really used it as like a huge business development, uh, and relationship building opportunity. That's so smart. It sounds like it's kind of its own mini mastermind, really. And I know that word is kind of like a thing now, but it's so true because I think the biggest thing that I learned from Kenny being part of the Avengers group was the kind of, it's not even just networking, but like it's it's business people helping each other with their problems and issues. And yeah. that is invaluable. I mean, if you can go back and now implement this in your business or now you have a new connection for this problem that you were trying to solve, um, that's awesome that you're doing that. Um, I have a question for you. So what would you tell somebody? Because I've heard, you know, from the numbers too, like how many people actually make a living doing podcasting is pretty low. So what, what do you tell people that want to make a living at podcasting? Like what kind of steps do they need to be prepared to take and how long do they need to be prepared uh, to have to wait or build their podcast before it becomes something that's actually profitable? Sure. Uh, so it, it depends for everybody. Uh, but overall, what my initial advice always is, is figure out what your goal is. Like how long of a runway do you have before you absolutely have to make money on this show? Right. So like, if you're somebody that's just like, man, I hate my job. I don't <laughs> want to do it anymore. You know, I, I, I want to do this podcasting thing and I want to figure it out. Okay, cool. The path to revenue for you is going to be a little bit different. Like you're probably going to have to start a business on the back end of your podcast, whether you're selling your knowledge as a coach or consultant or course creator or something like that, or you're uh, selling a service on the back end of it, like being a social media manager or being a podcast producer or something like that. You're going to have to sell something if you want to make money on it immediately. Um, and then the way that you generate business for that is you create your offer and then you go interview your ideal prospects and try to sell some of those people into your offer. Um, and then that allows you to build up some capital to be able to start reinvesting back into growing the show and building up your sponsorship income. Um, if you are somebody that's like, I have no interest in doing that, um, then for you, the path is going to be a long path. You know, like just making money off of sponsorships and Patreon enough to where you can actually make a living doing it. You're going to need 100 to 200,000 downloads a month on your podcast. And for context, I think only 5% of podcasts have those types of numbers. Maybe 3% of podcasts have those types of numbers. Um, it's a low, it's a really, really small amount. And it takes a lot of consistent effort over a long period of time to get there. And so that's why I always ask people that question of like, what's your runway? Like how, how, long, how long before you give up on this or how long before you, you know, freaking shoot yourself because you hate your job that much you know what I mean? like, what's, what's the runway what's, what's the runway we're working with you know what does that look like this is going to be different for everybody you know like some people are just like no i i really like my job i actually love doing what i do um i just like want a little bit more freedom in my life and long term i want a career that allows me to spend more time with my family so you know i'd like to do this okay great that's awesome because that person we can sit down with and be like okay let's build a five-year plan you know what I mean? To where like, you don't have to worry about products or services or this or that you build your audience and you serve that audience and you deliver content to them. And, and if you get lucky, you can get it done in six months. But if you don't get lucky, five years is still a good time frame to, to be working on this type of a thing, uh, type of a thing. But if you can tolerate your job or you really enjoy what you do, um, and it gives you a little bit of extra money to spend on a side hustle that helps you market and get more listeners and do better projects and create better content or focus on the tasks that are priority tasks in that business, then, then let's do it that way. So I know that's kind of a vague answer, but it's difficult to say kind of like a blanket statement because, you know, everybody's got different goals for, for what success is to them. You know, for some people it'd be like, Hey, if I made 
3000 bucks a month off my podcast. I would do it full time. I have like four, I have three roommates. It doesn't bother me. Like that's totally cool. Or, and some people might look at 2,500 bucks and be like, yeah, that's not even my mortgage, bro. So yeah. like, uh, like 15 K, you know? So it just kind of depends for, for different people, different strokes, different folks, you know what I mean? So um, depends on how much runway you have and how, how fast you have to absolutely make money off of this is going to determine the monetization angle that you're going to approach it from. And so it sounds like you help people who maybe even don't have a podcast just that just want to start a podcast because I know a lot of the, um, it seems like a lot of the podcast uh, kind of uh, managers or, you know, companies that host podcasts uh, have like a minimum requirement of how many downloads you have to have in order for them to even take you on. Um, so are you helping people get off the ground running? Yep. Yeah. We help in kind of every step of the journey, uh, with different things that we have. So like the, the main thing that we try to push people to now is our $97 a month membership site, uh, because you get weekly zoom calls and Q and A's. We have trainings in there. We do a bunch of stuff like that to help people that are like just getting started, get their thing off the ground. All right. So we have like a, a, a launch course. It's 99 bucks. It's 30 days. By the end of 30 days, you will have a podcast launch. We'll even ship you a microphone for free to help you along in your journey. Um, and then from there, we try to get people to the mastermind, help them start cultivating their ideas a little bit more, making their content a little bit better, deciding what the future of their show looks like. Um, and then if you, uh, if you want to get there faster um, and want more specific help, then we have more of our higher level high ticket coaching uh, that gets like somebody on my team to actually work with you on a weekly basis, one-on-one to help you reach your goals in your podcast. And we even have done for you production. Uh, we do it very seldomly. We don't like to do uh, a lot of them. So it's very particular clients that we work with for that. Um, and that's more of, you know, really higher ticket prices because we're doing all the production work and all the, um, the actual, like, you know, physical workload that comes along with it. Uh, but it makes it to where, you know, some entrepreneurs are just busy. They don't have a ton of time to worry about how to submit their podcast to iTunes. And so we'll just take on all that work as well. So we, we, we kind of help in every part of the process, whether you're just getting started and you just want to create a hobby podcast, or you've got a, a $5 million a year business and you want to build your personal brand, like whatever your, your goals are, we're going to tailor that to what your goals are and then put you in the correct program for you. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, it's kind of funny. Uh, I don't remember when I talked to you. So uh, you'll find it's kind of interesting. So we didn't do any marketing or anything, right? And um, I think a lot of people like, I think a lot of people right now that aren't doing marketing, they're seeing people do the podcast, they see people do social and stuff. I think it's almost overwhelming where to start, right? And that's why it's like, like you have a coaching, but that's why I tell people, you got to start, pod- go get a coach then. Like, that's why it's there. They can really plug you in. So, I mean, I just went, to Gary V's 4D dive and I'm sitting in a room and he comes in and he's like, tell me your story. And I, this is my real, okay. So what are you doing here? I don't really know. What do you mean? You don't know. I'm like, I'm just here to learn about the social media stuff. Cause I don't really do it. He's like, okay. So, so what do I do? He's like, well, I mean, what I would advise is just go back to San Diego and get in front of a camera and tell everything, everything you know about real estate to everybody. I was like, Okay. He's like, yeah, just go fucking do it. Like, you know, Gary, I was like, okay. So I come back and Chris like, what do you say this? He goes, what's that mean? I go, I don't know. So we came back here and it's like, you know, like I'm telling people are watching this for you. It's like, we just bought the guy there had a podcast. So we said, what's the equipment, bought the equipment and we started having people on. So I think for us, it was like, just get started, just get in the game, just go. Right. And I think so many people overthink it. And so that was going to ask you, like, are a lot of people that are coming to you, um, I mean, are they just like so many people? I feel like just overthink this. It's like just get the mics, get the setup, and start interviewing people. And trust me, our first interview to now, it's terrible, but who cares? You got to start somewhere. Yep. You got to start somewhere, man. Like you, we have people who paid us thousands of dollars to do production work for them, and they've never sent us an episode. <laughs> like it's been like a year and a half. Yeah, you know I mean? <laughs> it was just like that. You're still planning this, man. Like, <laughs> fucking episode, and send it to us. Like, we want to help you. You know what I mean? You paid us to help you. Let us help you. But I can't record the episode for you. You know what I mean? Like, you're the personality here. Like, you still got to do a little bit of work. Like, put put some put something on the on the recorder and and send it our way, man. Like, it's it's better. I tell people all the time: better done than perfect. Get it out there. Like, in fact, you can almost guarantee that you're going to suck 
because you've never yeah. done this before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why people have this con- like misconception that they're just going to be amazing at this when they first get started. Like, like the, the people that are over planning are doing it to protect their own ego because they don't want to put something out into the world. That's not perfect. And it's like, you're pr- most likely going to suck. And guess what? You're most likely going to have like five people, most of which are your family members or your <laughs> yeah. like, you know, wife, like husband, whatever, listening to it. Nobody's right. really going to listen to you. So that's the, the other thing. That was kind of what comforted me because I think a lot of people want, like you said, you want it to be perfect and nobody likes the sound of their own voice and nobody likes the way that they look on camera. So you keep doing this and you're like, I don't like it. It's not enough. But I would literally be like, who the, who the hell am I kidding? Nobody's even going to listen to us. Like just put the damn thing out there and then, you know, keep going. So that, that was helpful to me just to get over it. But I I think that's like a big hurdle for a lot of people. Like you said, they spend the money and they do all the things to get to that point, but they still can't pull the trigger and just record it. Yep. Yep. No, 100%. So I got some questions from you. So, um, from one podcaster to somebody that trains people how to podcast, this is awesome. So I can pick your brain. Um, so we did this really like, so my goal was let's do the podcast for a year, like just do it for a year. Just, we got, so we started getting people and just see how it goes. You know, six months in we're getting traction. And then right about six months, we started noticing like, Oh, I saw your podcast. And it started, you just start seeing people start paying attention. Cause I think what happens is, is when you start something, people go, Oh, let's see if they do it. Then they go, Oh, wow. They're consistent. Then it's like, wow, they're really getting some guests. And it's like, Holy smokes. They're really doing this. And I don't think people understand it's this whole process. And then after you've been doing it, you know, we we have this number of hundred episodes, people start taking you seriously. And then when you say, Hey, you want to come on the show? Well, what's this? Oh, you had a hundred episodes. Oh, okay. Wow. You guys have really, st- I think for some guests, like you stuck it out. You did it. Like I'll come on. And so uh, my question for you is um, you mentioned a couple things like, you know, finding guests and then marketing. So I'd ask you, even for us is we have a list of guests we'd like to come on any um, like any recommendation, tips, tricks, hacks to get guests on that. Maybe you're not, you're emailing them, not getting attention, um, how you mail them, anything like that. That's the first question I have. Yeah, sure. So guesting kind of became a thing that we started doing a lot of training on uh, because people were asking me how I was able to book the people that I was booking, even though I was totally green to the industry. And uh, we actually built a software to do this exact thing, which is the main thing that I that I do now is, uh, is the founder of this software company called Guestio. And so if you got a little bit of money to spend and you got a list of guests that you want to bring on your show, um, I would check out Guestio first and see if any of those guests are listed as a bookable guest on Guestio because it's kind of like Cameo, but it's for podcast interviews. So you can go on there and, uh, and search for you know a Jordan Harbinger who gets 11 million downloads a month on his podcast. Um, you can go book him directly on Guestio right now if you pay what his price is to be a guest. You know what I mean? So um, we got a, a bunch of people on there. So that'd be the first thing that I would say. That's the hack, right? I like because, that. I like that. I if like you that. pay them, you know there's coming on. You know what I'm saying? Um, it takes all the guesswork out of it. You don't have to go through a bunch of gatekeepers and uh, social media and whatever else. So that's the first thing. Um, the other advice is a lot more difficult <laughs> because it takes a lot longer and you just have to be okay with people not not you know returning uh, your calls, or your messages. So the number one way that I was able to get some of the higher level folks on my show was taking out the guesswork for them when I reached out to them. You have to think that anytime you reach out to a busy person, somebody that's strapped for time, and you guys know this because you are also some like people that are strapped for time, right? You're running a big business, you have a podcast, you do like you have too many things to do and not enough time to get them done in. And so when people reach out to you, they gave you homework. It went, yeah. When you reach out to somebody that, that, that doesn't know you, you gave them a piece of homework because now they have to go be like, okay, is Crystal and Kenny's show, is this something that we should go on? Is this something that we should take our time to do? And then they got to go research you and see, okay, have they had anybody on that we know? How many downloads do they get? And, and then that's when you get these emails back from their team. That's basically those questions. Well, t- you know, tell us how many downloads you have and we'll think about it basically. Uh, so what I started doing was trying to make sure that they had all the information that they needed in order to be able to make a decision in the reach out message itself. 
without having to do any further research or additional questioning or anything like that. And the way that I knew how to do that best was through the credibility of bringing on high-level guests that were in that person's network and then naming those people by name specifically in the reach out message. So when I got Grant, when I got, when I got Grant Cardone on my show, the first time that I reached out to him, uh, I didn't have any really big name guests, nobody that he would have recognized. And I was completely ignored. Nobody, like nobody got back to me. They didn't even, you know, hint at the fact that they read it. I didn't know. It just was completely ignored. Seven months later, I reached out again, very similar reach out, same exact platform that I reached out on the first time. It was Instagram DMs. And uh, the second time that I reached out, I listed about 11 other people that I knew that he already knew, liked, trusted, or had done business with that I had on my show at that point, because I went in and kind of infiltrated his circle of, of friends and, and, and people. And yeah. uh, so when I reached out the second time, I was like, hey, I already had on Ed Milet. I already had on Bradley. I already had on, you know, I listed literally eight, nine, 10, 11 people. And then the last one I put on was his own wife, Elena, who, had already, who I also had already had on. And so now I have this entire <laughs> list of people that I was like, hey, man, you know, all these other people have already been on the show. When are you going to come on type of a thing? And at that point, it answers the one question that busy people care about the most. And that one question has nothing to do with your downloads. It has nothing to do with your reviews or ratings or any of those things. The one question that people have is, are you going to waste my time? That's it. Now, if you have a bunch of downloads, that answers that question, right? So I'm not saying they have zero correlation, uh, but I'm saying that you don't have to have a ton of downloads to be able to book those types of guests because they're not necessarily worried about it. They're, they're, they're just worried about, is this host a professional host who's going to do their research, ask good questions, and make this a profitable use of my time that we can distribute for other content on other channels that we have? Like That's really the core question that they have in their mind. Even if they don't even think that's the, that, that's the question, that's still the question. You know what I mean? So I just try to make it as easy as possible for them. So like, he didn't have to do any additional research on me. He didn't have to go look up my podcast and iTunes. He didn't have to send his uh, executive assistant to block me in the path before I got to him because answered the question of if I was going to waste his time by putting all the people who had given me their time, right? Like Ed Milet doesn't waste his time either. So if this show is good enough for Ed Milet, if this show is good enough for Lori Harder, if this show is good enough for Carrie Kasem, for Elena Cardone, for Brad Lee, for all these other people that I already know, like, and trust and done business with, if this show is good enough for all of them, it's probably good enough for me. Sure. I'll go on. You know what I mean? And so it just be kind of, it just started becoming kind of this game of, of how do I make sure that this person has all the questions that they need answered in order to come on my show? How do I make sure they have all the information, the time that I reach out to them? Uh, because if they have to do go back to their computer and Google something and do more research, it's probably not going to happen. That's really smart. That's a yeah. really, really good answer. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> no, that was like, honestly, like really detailed. So my next question was, is I'm kind of on to something here um, with you, I think is, you said you got to market the shit out of your show, the crap out of your show, whatever. So one thing I'm gathering is what you just said is that I have a software where you can pay people to come on your show, which technically if you're paying somebody that has a large audience, that's almost like paying for marketing because, you know, especially if you do good snippets and clips and all this, they might throw up on social or whatever. So what is your recommendation for marketing your podcast? Yeah, so on that, Inside of Guestio, we thought about that from the podcaster perspective, from the show host perspective, because it's not just for podcasters, it's all content creators, bloggers, YouTubers, TikTokers, whatever. If you want to interview people for your content, regardless of where it lives, then you can go to Guestio and book people for it. And uh, so we actually built in marketing upsells on the back end of the platform. So if you go on and let's say you book somebody like a, a John Lee Dumas, who gets you know, over a million downloads a month on his podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire. You book him as a guest for your show. After the recording's done, you can pay him to market the show on his social channels. Um, and, uh, and so that now you interviewed that person and that person is marketing your interview with them to their audience of people, uh, which is going to help you grow your audience more. Um, which we also, you know, Jordan Harbinger has some of those marketing upsells on there. We have quite a few people that are taking advantage of those marketing upsells and selling like an Instagram swipe up and selling an Instagram static feed post and a tweet and a, or a podcast ad read on their podcast that gets millions of listeners, you know. Um, so there's there's that. And I'll say that, you know, getting good guests is, is a way to market, but you still have to market that interview um, uh, with that guest. And so that's one way to do it is just 
you know, pay them for the marketing as well. If you're like, I, I get frustrated with people when they're like, oh, I would never pay for something like that. It's like, why? Like that person has worked their ass off to build this yeah. asset that's an audience. And like, if, like, if you're ex, like, if you're wanting them to give you free traffic, you like, that doesn't make any, like, it doesn't make any sense. You should be willing to pay for that. Like they, they yeah. built it. Like they should be able to get money for in exchange, you know? So um, you can pay to market directly on there. The other ways is however you can get in front of podcast listeners. So, uh, you know, it's, it's difficult to do on Google ads or Facebook ads or any of these other types of ad platforms because podcast listeners kind of, it's kind of like an Island, you know, like, like TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, all that content is shareable and marketable on all of those platforms. It's interchangeable. Podcasting content is like a different form of content creation. And so it kind of lives on its own little island, you know, by itself in isolation, which is why it's so difficult to grow your show there. So you have to figure out how do I get in front of podcast listeners? And the best way that I know how to get in front of podcast listeners is doing exactly what we're doing right now is that anybody that's listening to this episode on getting the cash flow game that didn't know who Travis Chappell was before now knows who Travis Chappell is and can go search in the same podcast app they're listening to this in for build your network and subscribe to the show if they like what they hear. So the best way that I know how to market uh, a podcast is by becoming a guest on other podcasts within your space or paying for ad spots on other podcasts within your space. That's the best way that I know how to grow show. I agree with that. I mean, I think too, yeah, a lot of us have just kind of started organically to like, we said, we were like, I don't want to be, I don't need to be the next Joe Rogan. I don't think that that's realistic for us either. So we just want like the people that we know and we want our own clients, maybe listen to our podcast. So we've had even just like small wins where it was like somehow a light bulb went off and I was like, why are we not marketing our podcast in my email signature for God's sake? Like just throw a banner up there. People started finding out about the podcast like that, just everyday people. And then word of mouth happens. And then you put it, you know, on your stories and you post it on your Facebook page. Like it, it's, it's, for us, we've kind of decided it's the long game. Like I don't need to make a living off my podcast, but I just wanted to help me grow my business and get the word out there and then share information with people and become an authority in our own space. Um, and then the next exactly. thing is, yeah, how do we, how the heck do we get on other people's podcasts? Because then we can tap into their audiences as well, which is like a whole new hurdle to get into. Um, but it's, yeah. it's definitely not just about recording the podcast and then putting it out there in the universe. It takes a lot more. <laughs> exactly yes it does and that's the cool thing about it though is like the way you guys are doing it is awesome yeah like how, how long how long you've been podcasting now little like two and a half years maybe a little over two okay so yeah about two yeah so so like the cool thing to me about podcasting because it's such a long-term play is your podcast audience your listener base like if you do a good job cultivating a community there that's going to last far beyond this business that you're in you know what I mean? Like you could exit this business, sell it in four or five years from now and be seven or eight years in on a podcast. And all of a sudden you have a half a million downloads a month. Like that, that follows you into whatever you want to do next. You know, especially like when you're in a niche, like the one that you're in, you know what I mean? Like now, now it's like, Hey, we got a half a million people to listen to our show every month. Why don't we create a, a software that serves this specific clientele? You know, and then you have an entire audience of people that are down to try out whatever you want to do in the, like, it's the best way to future proof your income is to build in the distribution before you even have the business idea. You know, you can even just send out surveys to your audience and be like, Hey, what do you guys want to see from us? You know, what are the, what are the biggest problems that you're facing right now in your mortgage business, in your, in your escrow process, in your real estate marketing? Like, what are the biggest issues that you're facing? Oh, cool. We had, we, we had, you know, of uh, uh, 3,000 responses to this survey that we put out and 65% uh, of them said that they're facing this problem. Let's solve this problem with a product or a service or a, or a, a software or a, you know, whatever it is and give it back to them. You know what I mean? It's the easiest way to build a business moving forward because you already have the distribution built in, built in which is like half the battle in any business model is how are you going to get this into the hands of customers? And it's like, well, I already have a list of customers. So they're just waiting for us to create it. You know what I mean? Like how much easier of a sell is that? For sure. Yeah. I think that that's uh, such a huge thing uh, that you just mentioned is the opportunities that you get from just building this community and being consistent with it. I, it, it takes you to places that you didn't even know. 
that you could go just by virtue of meeting people, talking to people and just kind of going through the process. It's kind of like one of the things I always say to Penny is, okay, we're going to go down the road with this crazy wild idea, like starting a podcast. And maybe it's not going to be for us. I don't know. Maybe it'll be great and maybe, or maybe it'll fizzle out and we'll decide not to do it. But either way you get presented with other opportunities that you wouldn't have otherwise had yep. if you hadn't have taken the leap or made, made the decision or just followed through. I mean, it's like a perfect 100%. example. Like, you know, it's, uh, you know, the mastermind, you know, everybody's like, you're going through a mastermind. Well, you don't need a mastermind. But what do you mean? I don't need a mastermind. I've never done a mastermind ever. You know, I said, you're like, what was it like? I'm like, I walk in a room, there's whatever, hundred people. And what I realized quickly, I'm like, everybody's like the same like-minded individuals here. Like they're all, we're all in the same wavelength. So it's not like somebody, it was somebody paid $5 to get here. Somebody paid, we have a significant entry level, right? Your entry levels more, but these people are there to get something, but they're also good human beings. They want to give back. And look, by you coming on this podcast, Crystal's like, oh my God, this guy, Travis, I mean, I know, I'm like, I know he's doing some crazy things. He's there, he's spending money. He's not going to go spend the kind of money he has to go network with people if he's like, you know, kicking tires around doing nothing. You're not going to do that. But then basically you come in here and I'm like, we're just like going to have a conversation, but now we're getting educated on podcasts. And our first year at podcasting, we honestly, like I'm the worst. I'm like, oh, here's about the number. Just keep doing it over and over and we'll figure it out next year or two. So for us, it's like, I feel like we've been doing it, but there's always, we're learning more and more now. We're learning like, from here, we're going to have like, wow, there's a lot of stuff we can do to like take it to the next level. So I think people forget it's like podcasts and marketing. It's like, they just think they're going to like jump in and nail this thing right away. It might take two, three years just to get, oh my gosh, like to really get the concept and understand what, what you're really doing, not just with the guests, with how to get them, but marketing and this, it's like, so it's cool to come on and just, that's why I said is I, if I didn't have a podcast, even though you're part of Avengers, I would have probably never had this conversation with you. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like they, Cause there wouldn't be a reason to follow up. You know what I mean? Like we're, we don't necessarily have like a ton of synergy in what we do for a living. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's just like, there wouldn't be a crazy good reason for us to like hop on a call for an hour and just like waste time, you know, but it's like, yeah. hey, on a podcast, <laughs> then at that point it's like, Oh, we're like, we're doing something here. We're doing something productive that that's good for both of us having a fun conversation along the way and learning from each other in the whole process, you know, like, that's the problem. That, that's the bottom line to me is uh, people that don't start podcasts are people that are only getting the podcast for the audience um, and neglecting all of the other amazing reasons to have a show. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I, I really love what I love about the best is just the conversations like just this right now. It's like when I see it's cool because I see you in Dallas. It's like another further connection, but I'm like, cool. We're going to dive in deeper probably on this stuff because we'll be together for three days. So I'm like, Hey, let's, we'll have some side conversations. So, but it's just a conversation I get to have with you. I like, I didn't know your whole beginning to intro. I don't know that about you. Now I know a lot of other people might not know. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's a crazy story, you know? So I think that's awesome. Um, I heard a statistic and I don't know where I heard it. Um, was recently, I was going to ask you about this. Somebody said the interesting thing about podcast audience too is that they're not as true, more educated, um, different type of clientele. So the person that's listening is not going to watch Netflix. They're interested in growth or learning, but they also said, I think 60% or something of the people that listen to podcasts make six figures plus. Yeah, I don't know the stat on the percentage that makes six figures, but I do know that podcast aud- people who listen to podcasts are um, generally more educated, a higher level of educated uh, of, edu- of education completed, um, and are higher income earners in like median household income uh, by a significant amount. I, I don't know, like I said, I don't know the exact number, but uh, there's there's uh, some some real data to back that up. Uh, where yeah, podcast listeners are generally more like they're just better. They're, especially if you're in business, you know they're they're going to be better customers uh, for for your for your business if if that's the the type of demographic that you're trying to reach. And they don't necessarily spend all day on social media. You know they're doing stuff. And the cool thing about podcasting is you can consume it while you're doing stuff. You know while you're driving to the office or while you're working out at the gym or while you're you know, doing dishes or watching the kids, you can always have a podcast on in the background, um, which is kind of one of the cool things about it. 80% uh, 
of podcast listeners listen to all or most of an episode after they hit play, which if you compare that to all the other forms of content creation, there's no other platform that can compete with podcasting in terms of audience engagement and activated listeners. You know what I mean? None, none, none of them come close. That's crazy. Yeah, I agree. Cause I, I listen to podcasts doing almost anything. Like I, there's, there's rarely a time where I'm just sitting and listening to a podcast and not doing anything else. It's usually while yeah. I'm doing something, I throw it on 1.5 or 1.75 and do yeah. whatever it is that I need to get done. Um, and it's cool. Cause it feels like you're not, you know, that you're learning something while you're doing this other task, whether it's dishes or putting makeup on in the morning or driving or whatever it is. Um, and- question for you. I feel like I'm noticing too, like, the podcast space evolving a little bit or just changing from what I've been used to seeing. Like, for example, uh, a guy that Kenny listens to a lot is now they're kind of making, it's a little bit more like a news show. Like maybe they talk about some current news thing and then they, they discuss it or there's other people who literally have their own podcasts and they rarely, if ever have guests on, it's just a solo podcast. Have you seen certain things work better? Um, in the podcast space than others and like what are those things yeah i don't think that there's like one specific style of show that outperforms everything else um in in those types of metrics that that we're talking about uh but from my perspective i try to convince every single person that we you know touch in whether it's in our memberships or coaching programs or just our free facebook group or whatever i try to encourage everybody to do interview shows uh, because I think literally 50% of the reason, if not more, to have a podcast is for the networking opportunity and for the business development and the relationships. And I think that if you neglect that, it's going to be a slower path to growth, a slower path to audience uh, building, a slower path to uh, building more relationships for yourself personally. Um, I, I just, I don't see a lot of reasons, especially unless you already have an existing audience somewhere. I don't see a lot of reasons to have a solo show by yourself where it's only you talking time. I just don't, I, I think that you're going to have a really difficult time marketing the show, really difficult time growing the show. You don't get the benefit of building relationships or doing business development or, um, or leveraging other people's audiences because they're going to share your content. Like you're, you're really, you're really limiting yourself in a lot of ways. If you do just a solo show by yourself, talking about the thing that you know about. Um, I think that it, I think that everybody should be doing at least one interview a week if you're going to start a show. Smart. Yeah. I wanted to switch um, uh, gears here and ask you about um, the mastermind group, especially the 100 million and Avengers. I always like to know, um, you know, is are those the only ones you've done? And, you know, what was the reason for you joining? So the first ever mastermind I joined was from John Lee Dumas, who is a, a mentor of mine, the podcasting space still is. Um, he's actually an investor and partner in my software company as well now. Nice. And uh, he he's you know got over a hundred million downloads on his podcast. I think um, he's got you know he's made twenty twenty five million off of it in the last eight seven or eight years directly from his show. Like he's just kind of one of the OGs in the space. And so the first time I ever paid for a mastermind was to go to his house in Puerto Rico for three days when at the beginning of my podcasting journey. And that one experience really just changed the trajectory of my life and my career and made me realize that it was possible to get access to some people. Because the way that I grew up, when I left that space and decided to not be in ministry, I was starting my network from scratch, you know, quite literally. I didn't, I didn't know anybody outside of the world that I grew up in, especially not anybody that was successful in business or doing any big things in life or their careers. Um, and so, you know, I, I almost had to pay to get access for the first time um, to, to start cultivating those connections. And so that first mastermind really changed my life. And so after that, I started like actively looking for masterminds. I ended up joining another one uh, from a guy named Cole Hatter um, at, with an yeah. event called Thrive um, and joined his mastermind and then joined his mastermind again and then was kind of on the search for another one and then uh, met Joel Marion through a podcast interview, um, funny enough. And uh, and he, he freaking sold me. So uh, so I ended up joining the 100 million group uh, as a way to really force myself to level up on a couple of things that I had just been kind of dragging my feet on. And I knew, you know, at the time, $100,000 for a mastermind was like a huge deal for me. And and really, I mean, is a huge deal for just about anybody at any point, you know, to spend that much on a mastermind group is, is uh, you know, investment. Yeah. So, and like I said, for me at the time, like, you know, it was, it was, it was just a massive investment and a huge risk. 
Uh, but at the end of the day, I just believe in the power of intentionally surrounding yourself with people that are operating on a higher level than you're operating on. And I believe in, you know, I believe if you're, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And so I try to actively put myself into rooms where I'm not the smartest person in the room. And that's definitely one of them, the hundred million, yeah. like one of those rooms where it's like, man, I'm at the bottom of the totem pole here. You know, I'm one of the youngest here. I'm one of the the poorest here. Um, but in my regular friend circles, I do pretty well. You know what I mean? So when you actively put yourself in a room where the, the conversation is talking about how many millions they made last year, um, rather than like how many tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands that they made, it forces you to level up or get out. That's the biggest thing is like, you're either going to level up or you're going to realize that you don't want any of that. And you're going to and you're going to, you know, cower back and, and not to say that in a negative way, that might just be a big, huge self-awareness piece that you got from it. Like, you know what? I actually don't want all this stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't need to make that kind of money. I don't want to do these types of things. Okay, great. Now you realize that back off and do your thing and, and play it, play it small because that's what you want to do. That's the self-awareness that you got from it. But if you really want to attack life on the level that you're saying you want to attack life on, um, then, you know, how do you expect, you're just going to expect to figure it out on your own, you know, like, I mean, I guess you can do that. And there's a lot of people who have, but man, why, 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 why not, why not try to go get around people who've figured it out and people who can help guide you along the way, put deals together for you. To me, to me, masterminds and connecting on that high of a level, especially for like those higher investments where you know the people in the room, like you can fake a $10,000 mastermind, right? Like you can put it on a credit card or something. When you're paying that much for a mastermind, you can't really fake that. You have to, you have to at least have some base level of, of, um, you know, financial success or knowledge to be able to, to be in the room. And so when you get in those, those types of rooms, it just, it forces you to level up. You, you gotta, you gotta level up or you gotta get out. And so, um, uh, I was just a, a big proponent of, you know, if I can, if I can shorten the runway to success, um, then that's what I'm going to do. And masterminds, uh, that, that to me, that to me is what masterminds do is they help you shorten the runway a little bit. And, you know, if you, if you've been around this space at all for any, any length of time, then you know that the most important, the most valuable asset that we have in life is not money. It's time, right? Time is our only non-renewable asset. We can, if you, if, if you lose, if you lose a hundred million dollars this year, you can make it back in another five years, 10 years. You know what I mean? Um, and people have, they do it all the time. You know, one of, one of my mentors, one of the guys in the hundred million group, Dave Meltzer, he's got a big story about how he went from a hundred million dollars back to zero and then how he built it back up again in the last like 12, 15 years, you know, that kind of stuff happens, but you can't get time back. And to me, that's the biggest deal is like, I, I, uh, you only get one shot at life and I want to use my time doing the things that I love with the people that I love. And so if that's really how I want to use my time, then I owe it to myself and to my family to try to figure out how to reach that successful point earlier so that I can have the time to do what I want with. Um, if that makes sense. And so to me, it's worth sacrificing 100K to try to figure out if this is going to help me shorten four, five, six, seven years off of my learning curve, or maybe I could have figured it out on my own, but I don't have to. If I'm willing to drop 100K, I can go learn from all these other people who've already been there, done that, shave one, three, five, 10 years off of my learning curve and get it done a lot faster. You know, to me, it's just paying for that, that shortened runway. And to be able to get in a room and talk and have like very transparent conversations with people you would have never had access to before. I mean, I think that seems like the biggest thing. Like, how would you ever be able to have a conversation with Joel Marion or David Meltzer or, you know, some of these other people who are super successful and give you like literally how they're doing it and things, how they overcame certain issues. It just seems like that's invaluable. So if you can swing it, it makes, it makes sense, but. Yeah, there's nothing like getting in a room full of successful people to make you realize that, you know, you're not you're not as successful as you thought and and that either that either pushes you down further or it drives you to do better. Right. Yep. Yeah, you'll figure out real quick uh, where you yeah. where you land in the conversation when you're talking to some of those folks. So, a couple of questions, are you um since you went to the real estate one, are you kind of doing anything in the real estate space investing or are you kind of checking it out or poking in there? Yeah. So uh, we've always dabbled. My dad uh, was a real estate agent from the time that I was like 
I don't know, probably five years old or something like that. So he's been in the real estate game for 20, 25 years. So it was always just kind of, you know, when I was seven, eight years old, I was going on caravans to open houses and, <laughs> you know, Saturday night at the uh, at the office with my dad. And so I was always just around real estate and they, they did a ton of, you know, um, uh, single family investments and flips and stuff like that. And so uh, the last few years, we've probably done a total of 10, 12 deals in the last five years. Um, so we always dabble, but we've never, you know, just because I have so many other things going on now, I, I just don't have time to do it full time. But it is like I play so much in the real estate space. Like I was a, I was a guest on Bigger Pockets and uh, a lot of other top real estate shows that are out there because I, I still have a, a passion for real estate. And that's ultimately where I want to be. I want to have my own uh, fund uh, uh, in the future in the real estate space. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I just don't have, don't have the time to do it all right now. Uh, but I'm always in, uh, in and around real estate and learning about it, trying to stay connected in it, you know, trying to source deals and learn more about it all the time. Nice. That's awesome. Um, before I ask you the final question, where is the best place for people to learn, you know, more about you or if they're interested in starting a podcast, maybe have a conversation. Sure. Yeah, you can go to travischapel.com for just about anything. Um, it's a little bit outdated, but we're in the middle of updating it right now. Um, but uh, and if, So if you go there and you can't find much on me, then just shoot me an email, travis at travischapel.com. Uh, makes it really easy. And then if you have podcasting questions specifically, like about coaching and stuff, probably best to just email me. But we also have a free training uh, called Podcast Profit Secrets. We go into the three secrets of building a profitable podcast, which you can find and register for free. Take the training. It's all free um, at podcastprofitcourse.com. Awesome. So my last question I always ask every guest is, what's your definition of generational wealth? Hmm. Uh, generational wealth, my definition would be... Uh, really wrapped into what I can pass down to the younger generation from a knowledge standpoint, more than just a money standpoint. Um, that to me is true generational wealth because a lot of people build a lot of wealth and then one or two generations they thought would be generational wealth. It's all gone because those kids were just entitled brats and weren't ever taught any principles of money and weren't forced to go through the shit to get to the money. And so that to me is really more what generational wealth is all about is, is being the person to make a legacy for your family, to start that tradition and then keep the tradition going through, uh, through furthering education and knowledge and hard work and a good work ethic and generating good skills and relationships, communication, and doing all of that through multiple generations. I think that's the more difficult part um, than creating a, a trust fund. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people have done that and just wasted the opportunity to, to make sure that their kids keep it up, you know, probably because they're spent so much of their adult life building the trust fund to begin with. They didn't spend enough time doing that with their kids and then their kids get the money and use it for whatever they want to use it for. So to me, generational wealth is really more about passing on the knowledge of how to continue to build that wealth rather than just passing over a trust fund and a checkbook. I couldn't agree more. I, 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 I uh, totally agree. And I feel like hopefully our generation is getting smarter to this because we've seen so much of it happen that we're all learning that financial education and investing is so critical to teach your kids from uh, any, the age that they're able to comprehend that at all. Uh, I think all of us are trying to figure out how not to how to make a lot of money and not raise a bunch of spoiled brats. That's a tough thing. That's a tough thing. <laughs> exactly right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Travis, you know, it's been fun. Thanks for coming on. I mean, uh, we definitely uh, got some nuggets out of this. Sure. So I'm I'm excited that we had you come on and we had this you know hour together and uh, get a little bit more connected and. Um, I really appreciate your time and uh, all the wisdom we learned today. So I'm excited to kind of implement some things or check your software out for sure. Yeah, it's funny. We get sold on on uh, people's products all the time. Uh, 
like on the podcast, it's not even you trying to sell me anything. I'm just like, Hey, we need to check this out afterwards. So I'm, <laughs> I'm super inspired by your story too. Like just starting literally from nothing. And, um, I think it's awesome what you built and, uh, we're glad to have met you and excited to check out your software too. Cause we will definitely be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it guys. Kenny, Crystal, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks for the awesome questions for doing some prep work on this. It was a lot of fun to have the conversation and, uh, yeah, obviously unintentional, but, uh, but yeah, if you if you got a little lot of got, if you want a really good guest list and you got a little bit of cash to spend on a good guest list, then Guestio is the place to do it. So awesome. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Travis. Thanks, Travis. Right. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. Yeah. Thanks. That was fun. Yeah. Sweet. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. I got another interview coming up in like seven minutes. So I'm going to try to scarf down some food real quick and uh, get off to that one. So yeah, definitely, bro. If, if, if I don't see you before then, then I'll definitely see you in Dallas at least. Yeah, I'll see you soon. All right, Crystal. Great to meet you. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.